Hello and welcome to the Mac Gamecast episode 28. I am John Carr and with me today is Casper and Ted. How are you doing guys? It's uh, fantastic to be back on doing another show. Been uh, yeah, missing it. <laughs> yeah, doing good over here. Yeah, uh, our last show unfortunately was quite a while ago, actually two months ago, so some people probably think we're dead or off air. Uh, It's not the case, we've just had a little bit of a hard time scheduling, Uh, and of course we're mostly here today to talk about WWDC, or maybe even entirely. Uh, A quick other note I want to throw out there, I don't think I made it to the air. In the interim I switched podcast hosts, no one really should have noticed this except for the one person who is subscribing to us on Spotify. <laughs> well, there's two. One was me and some other person. Uh, the new host I switched to doesn't support Spotify. Uh, so I lost Spotify, but everything else should be the same. Nothing should have been lost. Everything's available. Um, but if some weirdness was noticed by any listeners, uh, that's going on. I'm also... Uh, <laughs> the website's a bit of a mess. That is to say it's offline because I need to switch hosts and I might even build a new website. Anyway, the website's temporarily offline. That doesn't mean the show is gone. It's just there's some shenanigans going on there. Um, But that's enough about that. Today, we're here to talk about WWDC, which was what, June 6th, I think? Or Uh, That sounds about right, yeah. It was a Monday. I think 6th is right, yeah. Yeah, and there's lots of exciting stuff. Um, You know, new M2 chip, Metal 3, some new Mac games announced. So there's some hype stuff. There's some concerns. We're all we're all excited and interested. So, uh, Casper, what's your main takeaway from WWDC or main point of interest? Um, well, I mean, coming from the gaming perspective, I think it's uh, I think it's the first time really almost ever, or at least in a very long time, where Apple has acknowledged higher end games as much as they've done. Um, because not just did they actually on stage announce some games coming to Mac of you know notable fame, um, Resident Evil um, and uh, No Man's Sky were, were prominently mentioned. But in the tech talks that follow the entire week of Dubbed Up, um, they talked about you know tools they're publishing to help developers um, with like making Unity games feel more at home on Apple platforms, integrating more with Apple technologies. Um, they had a big emphasis on games when they were talking about the new technologies in Metal 3 and uh, other technologies they're bringing out. Um, like, um, I, th- I think the acronym was PACE, but it's it's an uh, audio technology they've had for a while um, to do like stereo, like spatial audio for developers to use mm-hmm. as sort of a lower level API on top of there are other stuff like Claudio, and even that they're trying to integrate with a various amount, like various game engines out there and stuff. So there was mm. like way more notice from Apple for like the, the gaming sphere than I've seen in a very long time. Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll jump on that in a moment. Ted, any standout item for you or game uh, or anything? Well, nothing particular. The the big thing for me was the you know the. The interesting point about the fact that you know, yeah, they released the M2, and and it just gives you the feeling that, um, you know, I didn't know where they were going to go. Were they going to just keep you know having the M1 and adding you know, act, you know, um, part names to it, or <laughs> were, were they going to come out with something different? And you know, and how I'm, it means shows me that they're really you know they probably have some sort of a plan of expansion with their chips as well as with the computers and that kind of gives me hope for the future i'm not sure about the gaming part although you know from what i've heard you know the, the fact that they actually re- you know talked about some games is <laughs> kind of a a nice change um uh, you know from from apple I, they've been kind of like not really mentioning it in the past so you know this is a real big thing so those two things really you know the most i i like to see the technology the the cpu technology improving getting better because eventually it seems to me from what i've been reading that uh, those chips are really going to become important in gaming in the future i i have this feeling um we'll have to see whether developers go that way or not but (laughs) <laughs> right, of course. That is the ultimate question. 
like both you guys have mentioned, it's nice to hear Apple talking about gaming. They haven't really done that in around 10 years, maybe 12, yeah. and then perhaps another decade before that. So it's like these 10-year gaps where they're yeah. like, gaming's the best thing ever. Here's a bunch of games. Last time, it was probably around EA and Cider, somewhere around, or Steam maybe, 2011 or so, 2010 something. Or actually, no, that was earlier, 20, 2009. There was a big <laughs> push with you know Valve putting out their games and yada, yada, yada. And then at some point, mm-hmm. Cider came along maybe two years later, and EA put out a bunch of things. And there was like, oh, this stuff's going to keep coming, and it never did. So I don't want to be uh, pessimistic. I'm, I'm I'm optimistic always, and this is always good. Uh, the question is, okay, we're having a really strong start. Um, Resident Evil 8, I think it's RE8 Village, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Super well-received by fans and newcomers as a FPS horror game with a good story and good action and horror and all that stuff. Uh, no Man's Sky, a big... Open world's the wrong term. It's like open universe. <laughs> You know, space action exploration build game. Uh, I believe there's also going to be an iPad version, if I'm not mistaken. I heard that. Um, And then Feral is doing Grid Legends. Uh, Feral's a little bit of a almost an anomaly here to me, and I'd like to talk about them more. Um, Not necessarily this second, but in general. So yeah, three three big titles announced um we have confirmation from feral that grid legends will be a permanent app store exclusive mac app store little less hyped about that because i'm not fond of the platform but at least it's coming to mac uh the question is is resident evil 8 in no man's sky also going to be permanent exclusives of the mac app store i saw a user on reddit claim it but they had no source like valid source i emailed feral press or representative and ass and they confirmed yes it will be so don't know about the other two games, but Apple seems to be, as far as we can tell or surmise, they do seem to be sponsoring this development, uh, which would explain the App Store exclusivity. Um, so, you know, it's getting the games to the Mac, and it's true. The App Store comes installed on every Mac, so it could be a great way to get in new gamers. Hardcore gamers who these games would probably appeal to. Probably none of them, or I can't blank a blanket statement, none of them like the App Store, but the majority of, like, gamer gamers do not like the App Store, so that makes it a little annoying. Um, mm. They're coming to Mac. That's better than not coming to Mac. I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, just, I think yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, like, it's better to have a game on the platform than to not have it on the platform. And then yeah. we might prefer to have it on some storefront versus another, but it's better that it's there than it's not there. Absolutely. Um, Yes. The main disappointment for me is, A, if you have already bought it on Steam for Windows or, you know, just, I don't know, I guess for Windows, um, you won't yeah. have that cross-play opportunity where you can just buy once and play it on both Mac and PC. Hmm. Um, and you also, like, I'm uncertain about multiplayer aspects here because I know No Man's Sky has multiplayer in it. Um, so will you be able to use the Mac App Store version to play with people who might be on like the windows steam version mm. yeah. yeah right traditionally that's always been an issue other than mm-hmm. um call of duty black ops from aspire which had a mac only steam version a separate binary yeah. or separate listing and they made them talk to each other um mm-hmm. i would be shocked i mean i feel like they have to find a way to make no man's sky cross play at least with like other pc because the game's probably on Xbox or something as well. I don't know. Resident Evil 8 is a um, single-player game. Uh, yeah, I know that No Man's Sky is on consoles, but I know that there's no cross-play between at least PlayStation and Windows. Right. But I don't know if Xbox and Windows can play with each other. Maybe. Right. PlayStation, More, at least, is, right. is only with other PlayStation users. Right. Um, of course, No Man's Sky can be played single-player, but multiplayer is definitely an aspect, so... I'm curious to see what they do with that. I mean, from the clips they showed and the developers they brought on to talk about the games, I mean, yeah, and it's all footage running on a Mac. I mean, so they said, I'll believe them. And yeah, it looks fantastic. I didn't say exactly which chip it was running on, just it was on silicon, I think. So we don't know Mm -hmm. if that's on an M2 or like which version of M1. Will this literally, will these games coming, these three games we're talking about, will they run on every silicon device ever? Or is there going to be a minimum, like, for example... The entry-level M1 Air has less GPU cores, for example, and less RAM. So will that will they all run on that as well, or will that one kind of be excluded and need something slightly more juicy? 
or with more juice, I mean. <laughs> Curious to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect that they'll want it to be playable on all devices, but with scalable, you know, resolution and quality settings so that you can really show off what an M1 Ultra can do, but you can also be like, look, this fanless MacBook Air can play Resident Evil. Like, <laughs> I, I think from Apple's perspective, especially because they're making a big deal of, you know, we can bring these games to uh, Apple Silicon uh, and sponsoring development and stuff. I think it would make a lot of sense if the goal at least is for that to happen. Right. Um, yeah. We had talked also about because this. Of the, yeah. um, also because of the Metal FX uh, upscaling thing, which is like FSR slash DLSS um, uh, kind of technology. Yeah. You'd be able to, you know, internally render the game at some resolution that the chip can handle, and then upscale it to display resolution. So they're probably gonna like use that as a way of getting it to run on even the more basic uh, MacBook Airs and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, we had talked a year, a while ago, earlier episodes of the show, or whenever Silicon hit, and we had wondered like, can the Silicon chip become this almost? quasi like pseudo console like platform where it's like this will run on any silicon device but as but the key difference being well scalability yeah an ultra mm-hmm. chip or a pro chip obviously going to run it better but it will run so i do hope that is a new standard uh because that would be fantastic mm-hmm. for existing gamers new gamers any users uh for developers all that kind of stuff like here's the hardware you have to work with it's a pretty good range mm-hmm. um You've been deep diving more of the metal stuff, metal three, and you already mentioned things like um, 3D audio or surround sound, um, which is really interesting to me because I've liked that for a while. In fact, I have been buying surround sound headsets for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually know of any Mac game that supports it like natively. You can go in and mess with audio files if you know how and like add in support with libraries. I knew a guy who knew how to do that a while ago and I got a few games to work like Killing Floor and maybe even some old feral games poking around. Um, and it was really cool. Instead of virtual surrounds out, you could get real surround sound. So that was neat. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like super common on PC and consoles, but not on the Mac. So I was really happy to hear you say they're trying to add like an API to support it and stuff. Like um, like uh, Apple, what all the AirPod Pros have surround sound yeah. possibility built in, for example, the ones I'm using, the yeah. ones you're using. Um, not the regular AirPods, but the Pros or the, wait, what's your, what's the, what uh, is it called? The Max, okay. The AirPods Max, yeah. Right. I, w- mm-hmm. I did get a chuckle at Ted saying, I wonder if they're just going to keep adding names or, you know, to the <laughs> M1 Ultra Max Pro Super, whatever. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's good. The, God, the M1 Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's actually pretty cool. It's a good name. Fantastic. Um. And yeah, the upscale, basically uh, the DLS, uh, what is it? DLSSR, isn't that an NVIDIA thing specifically? DLSS is NVIDIA specifically. Uh, AMD makes FSR, which they've made as an open source thing, so that can run on any GPU. Um, And there are actually some titles out there that use AMD's FSR on Apple GPUs as well. So that's Mm. been done. Uh, Feral has done it for, I think that was for Warhammer 3. I'm not entirely certain, but I know they've done it. Right. And also the RPCS3, the PlayStation 3 emulation people, they use mm. FSR also on the Mac. Um, right. So, yeah. But now Apple's got their own version, um, the Metal FX upscaler. Um, and so interesting about Metal FX is that it works both as a spatial and a temporal upscaler. Uh, the difference being that a spatial upscaler takes one image and just makes it higher resolution using math <laughs> just to really put it in a black box and say it uses math <laughs> but the, the temporal version will take several rendered frames and you know used uh, past data of the frame you rendered before and the frame you rendered before that to increase the fidelity of the upscaling um so yeah nice um, so it, hopefully it's gonna be uh, comparable in, in quality as well to the other technologies, but we'll have to wait until we have some comparison points with games that are out that have several implementations on perhaps both Windows and Mac OS to see if the quality of Metal Effects is similar to that of FSR and DLSS, but at least it should give um, 
a way of improving performance while still maintaining quality uh, of, of image that might not be exactly that of rendering at a native resolution, but will be substantially better than what you would otherwise be able uh, to get with in a given performance bracket. Yeah, I've only played, I think, one game using DLSSR, whatever it is. Uh, that was Control from Remedy. Mm-hmm. Terrific game. Um, actually, I played it through GeForce Now, but it was using the DL, you know, because I had the tier mm-hmm. that supported it. I mean, it did look really darn good. Of course, I was mm-hmm. re- ultimately running on a Super NVIDIA rig anyway, so it kind of didn't matter, but um, I was impressed at how good it looked despite scale. the scaling worked really well. So what I'm curious mm-hmm. is, for example, the new Airs um, with the M2 chips, they do support above a 1440p resolution. It's like 2560 by... I had it pulled it up here. Uh, by, oh my goodness, I scrolled by it. Display. Uh, 2560 by 1664. So it's above 1440p, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. 2560 yeah. by 1440. Uh, you know, so like, can it run Resident Evil 8? At that, yeah, let's just call it 1440p resolution, and I don't know. The standard is, it's PC standards 1080p, 60fps. So I'm curious, is Apple or and or the, these developers, who I assume are in-house for something like Resident Evil 8, which is Capcom, um, yeah. and No Man's Sky is, well, technically an independent company, but they've hit it big at this point. Uh, I forget the name of the company. Um, doesn't really matter. So, yeah, like what's I'm curious what their target performance is traditionally and outside of like feral, super optimized games, for the most part, like a big game, you just kind of accept it'll run medium high, kind of sluggish, probably not a stable frame rate. Okay, Borderlands 3 is kind of a flogging a dead horse at this point. I've talked a lot about it. I love the game. The map performance is pretty terrible. So. But that was done in-house, nothing to do with Apple, wasn't optimized for silicon or anything like this. So I am very curious to see what kind of experience and at what quality these games will be delivered at. You know, will it be like a new gold standard, ah, you know, heavens (laughs) shining down on Mac gamers? Or will it, oh, they'll all run it, you know, medium settings, and then it's smooth. Could you go high? Could you go ultra? You know, I'm, I'm curious. Um, I mean, I, I highly doubt you'll be able to like go ultra on an M1 base thing. Yeah, but no, yeah. D- I would be very, very surprised if you couldn't push an M1 Max or Ultra to just you know max out a 4K system, like 4K max settings, everything. Because um, it would seem very weird to me if Apple were to make a big splash about something and then none of their devices could push it to <laughs> yeah. you know, highest settings. Right. That wouldn't be a good look, I would. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you just said is also relevant, 4K gaming. And I see these questions all the time on Reddit, on YouTube, you know, 4K gaming, 4K gaming. It's like you just can't do 4K Mac gaming with modern titles. You can do it with like indies or games from like 2015, I don't know, Shadow of Mordor or something. Like, yeah, I can go and play it on my iMac and heck, never mind 4K, I can go 5K. You know, yeah. and it's fine, but it's an old game. I couldn't do that with like a 2020, 2022 Mac game. It wouldn't run. It would be one FPS or something. So, um, I, yeah, of course, I wouldn't expect the lower end systems to support cranking it. Um, but something like one of your machines or a studio, like a default studio, which I don't think any of us own, but I'd still be curious. We can mm. compare on something like my machine, your machine, Sam's machine, and we can get, we can certainly yeah. sample stuff. Um. Yeah. So it's coming. I did they just say coming soon, or did they give us a date like the summer or something on the games? I don't know. Ted, I don't remember. Any clue? No, I remember. Yeah. I think it was just coming soon. It's probably yeah. It probably was something like that. But I soon. I mean, I imagine it's this year. You know, it's already half. Well, we're halfway through June, so maybe summer fall we'll see something. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't tend to really get release dates for Mac games. <laughs> I, I imagine it's not going to be until after the MacBook Air with the M2 is out. Just you know, because um, then they can you know show the game running on that at some point in some images of, uh, on their pages yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, looking. Speaking of those, it says they're available next month on uh, Apple's mm-hmm. website. Available yeah, the, sometime in July. The, 
the 13 inch MacBook Pro versions are starting to ship, I think, but the MacBook Air mm -hmm. is coming later. Right. Mm -hmm. Book Pro new. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's, order um, now. It's interesting with the performance of the chips because there's some benchmarks that are already dropped. And it's actually looking like the graphs and numbers Apple gave were conservative and they're doing like the uh, under promise over deliver thing. Because hmm. um, <laughs> Apple was talking about, you know, I think they were saying 30 to 35% faster GPU on the M2. But in a lot of cases, what we're seeing for the benchmarks that are out, which, you know, we're still waiting for machines to hit everybody's hands. So take them with perhaps a grain of salt, but they're looking like 40 to 45% better performance mm -hmm. on the GPU. Wow. So, you know, 10 extra percentage points, that's not to scoff at, right? So, yeah. And similarly, the CPU performance, that's more close to what numbers Apple gave, but it's still looking to be like five percentage points better than the numbers they listed. Very nice. I was also <laughs> noticing the M2 Airs, I think. Oh, shoot. I got lost in the the pages. I think they supported up to 24? 24, 24. I think 24 yep. gigs of RAM, which is nice. So if you really want mm -hmm. to crank it for uh, whatever, video, audio, video gaming, um, uh, we did definitely determine in past testing that RAM is less important in silicon machines than it is in Intel machines. But um, if you want to, you know, really crank your gaming, it will matter. Get 16. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're trying to be like a AAA Mac gamer and you haven't <laughs> bought a silicon device, buy one with 16 gigs of unified memory. You'll be you'll be happy. Mm -hmm. It will boost performance by previous tests. Can't speak for M2. Could be better. Previous tests were, I think, an average of 5, 8 to 8 FPS or something, 5 or 10%. But that matters if you have a game running at 20, 25 FPS. Suddenly it's running over 30, for example. Mm -hmm. Which is right. where you want to hit, mm -hmm. or whatever yeah. pushes it from thirty-five to forty, or fifty to sixty, or whatever it is. It'll it'll be better. Um, mm -hmm. Just good forward proofing, especially if, you know. I guess if you upgrade your machine every year, like some sort of maniac, um, <laughs> maybe you don't care. But personally, I tend to do three to five year cycles, so I try and invest in mm -hmm. stronger uh, CPU, GPU, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so that's pretty good. Uh, of so let's talk about i want to talk about pharaoh a little bit because the reason i f i mentioned i find them as an anomaly is because well they're already a mac gaming porting studio number one compared to these other companies which have haven't dipped their toes into the mac space i don't know of any game capcom published that's on the mac previously i could be wrong maybe there's one and i just forgotten but i don't think so no man's sky who i should really go look up their developer so i can hear the no man's sky no Man's Sky, so I can actually say who they are. It's like Sky something. Oh, Hello Games. Okay. Yeah, I believe yeah, their one and only right. game is... Oh, I'm wrong. They have other games. Joe Danger. Okay. That's from oh, a long time I, I've ago. I've seen that one. I've seen that one. Uh, I think that was available on uh, the App Store, like the iPad, iPhone App Store at some point. Joe uh, Danger 2, but... the movie from June of 2013, <laughs> is available on the Mac. Right, okay. Almost 10 years old, so, I mean, kind of doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. What, what's interesting is No Man's Sky is from 2016, so that's also, like, a rather old game. The difference is No Man's Sky had a disastrous, horrible launch. It was overwhelmingly negatively rated on Steam for all its... Uh, they mega over-promised and mega under-delivered. <laughs> mm -hmm. People weren't happy <laughs> about that. But instead of just moving on or making a new game... They put their heads down, put in the work, and made the game they actually promised, and now they've gone well beyond that, and they just keep adding free features all the time. You don't have to, like, pay for DLC and expansions. They just release new patches with all kinds of cool new stuff, like multiplayer or mechs or new exploration and building. And, you know, it's like a it's like a living service game that doesn't cost you anything. Pretty cool, honestly, yeah. for fans of that. So good on them. Um, but, okay, I can't, I'm not, I'm discounting Joe Danger to the movie from, you know, 10 years ago um <laughs> they're basically not mac devs capcom not mac devs and they brought on a i forget his name japanese fellow to talk about um resident evil 8 resident it was evil. subtitled um yeah. so obviously apple sponsoring them makes sense 
Apple sponsoring Feral to me is weird because they're already a Mac porting studio. What's doubly weird to me is Feral has a long history of porting racing games to the Mac. They ported grid games before. They ported a bunch of the Dirt games, a bunch of the F1 games. They love racing. Um, mm. I think a lot of it has to do with their lead developer, Edwin Smith, who's like a racing fanatic. He's like a F1 formula super fanboy. So, um, so it, like it's like Apple's paying them to do something they would have already done anyway, and or maybe they already were doing. Like, I'm wondering, were they halfway through developing Grid Legends already? And then Apple was like, hey, we'll like pay you more to make it an App Store exclusive or something. You know what I mean? It's just a little odd to me. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it could easily be the App Store exclusivity part. And I also want to point out that when they were talking about the games on the dubbed up keynote stage, um, they made a big deal about Resident Evil Legends and they made a big deal about No Man's Sky. I'm not even sure they mentioned Grid Legends. I think that might only have come up in the uh, platform State of the Union that they did after the main keynote. Uh, or if right. they did mention Grid Legends, it was way less prominent than the other two. Right. Um, so it did feel like, you know, whatever deal they made uh, also perhaps included less marketing push from mm. Apple or something. Right. That's well, true. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Say, yeah. The important part probably with Apple was the you know, exclusivity, being able to, you know, say, hey, we got this game. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and if you want it, you got to buy it from us type of thing. But, <laughs> but that, you know, and, and that also, I think, changes their image a little bit, you know, instead of saying, oh, yeah, you can buy games that work on a Mac. It's like, okay, yeah, Apple sells games, you know, and, and it's a different attitude, a different you know, mm. from them. And I think that's important. I think it mm. might be where they're pushing it a little bit, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I, I like companies. That. Um, yeah. Companies like NVIDIA and AMD also do a thing where they will sponsor a game um, where, you know, obviously they don't then take exclusivity over it because it'll still just be a general PC game. But what they'll do is they'll sponsor the developers to optimize the performance even more for their GPUs. Right. Um, so I'm thinking maybe part of this is also Apple trying to give some, some extra funding to Feral for Grid Legends to sponsor extra optimization going towards Apple Silicon version versus just general Mac support. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, right. I've seen countless PC games where you load it up and one of the splash screens is like, best played on NVIDIA or, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's plays best on NVIDIA, I think is the little tagline, the phrase. Mm. Um but I like what you just said, Ted. That's important. I think I was kind of tunnel visioning a bit. Um, I guess it's, I think if Apple is going to run with this, that does make sense. They do need to push their own platform. In this case, the Mac App Store. Um, I just hope, my hope is they keep pushing it with some consistency. Because right. based on their previous history, which to be fair <laughs> was a long time ago, they would run with it for a year or two and then it would just peter off. So, you know, mm -hmm. taper off and... Yeah. Obviously, things have basically never looked better. The hardware has never been better. The performance is looking never been better, better than ever before. Uh, the quality of the games are really good that they're bringing. Um, I mean, Grid Legends to me is not that exciting personally, but Resident Evil 8 and No Man's Sky, pretty notable games. Uh, well, re very well regarded in the wider you know gaming community, PC and console and stuff. So, like top scoring and everything, or they're rated you know overwhelmingly positive on Steam, et cetera, et cetera. So. Of course, you still have to be interested in these kinds of games. Um, but I think it's really cool that they're doing it. I wondered a little bit at No Man's Sky. Like, why No Man's Sky? It's a game from 2016. I suspect it has something to do with that they're making an iPad version. <laughs> 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 like, I, I'm not knocking them for it. Because by all accounts, it's a really good game. Um, and I've had my eye in it for a while. I almost bought it several times on sale, actually. You know, even my, like, not non-gamer brother messaged me about it one day like oh this game looks really cool and like we just talked about these kinds of games as kids big space exploration and flying <laughs> around and building your own stuff and shooting up aliens mm -hmm. and whatever and you know it was like just the the idea of it is really really cool for sure and honestly the game still looks quite good even though it's from six five six years ago it's not mm -hmm. like a low-end looking game it's it's pretty good very very colorful if you've never you know go look at some photos or a trailer uh, mm -hmm. I think the uh, the visual powerhouse title game will be Resident Evil 8. It's 
it's a looker. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a good looking game. That'll be like all the fancy lighting and shadow and smoke effects and maybe that like surround sound audio. Like that's that's the game you want to be like the poster poster child. Is that the right? I don't know what the right word is uh, in this yeah, context. Yeah, I think idea. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like here's the game. Check out what you know an M2 chip can do or or an M1 Max can do. And here's cool surround sound and here's cranked performance like that's that'd be the game to wave around <laughs> it's a relatively recent game as well even from the pc side just last year i think so or maybe it's 2020 anyway pretty recent so mm-hmm. that's cool is there one of these games you guys are looking forward to in particular in terms of like hey i really want to play this game uh ted <laughs> uh no i hadn't really thought about it to tell you the truth um I, from here, listening to you talk, No Man's Sky sounds like it's, you know, in an area I would really would enjoy. I was actually going to do some research on it afterwards. I like games where you can... I've always been a fan of exploring. I, a lot of times people play games and, you know, like I've said this before, you, you know, everybody misses all the great scenery and all the great stuff that's inside of it. And it's like, okay, here's the path to get the guy to the highest level and, okay, I'm done. And and I like games that allow you to explore and look for things and, you know, maybe find something that nobody else found or few people find just because you're willing to spend the time if it's well done. So um, that would be more up my line than the other ones. Although, I, you know, I don't know anything about Resident Evil, so I probably should look into that one, too. Yeah, No Man's Sky, hmm. definitely up your alley with what you just described because it's an enormous procedurally generated universe. Right. I don't know how that works in multiplayer. Like, do you join someone else's universe? Do you join, like, a new universe that's shared? I'm unclear, because the game launched single-player. Um, and the devs did talk about that, what you just said, you could find something no one else ever has through a combination of procedural elements, or maybe you went to this... Maybe you found the center of the galaxy, which I don't know if anyone's ever done, but apparently is possible, like, mathematically <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. We're definitely a game for exploration. That's its main tag, is open-world exploration. Um, and you can make a ship and literally fly from the surface of the planet just out into space and then fly to another planet. I imagine there's some kind of, uh, what do you call it? Light warping, jumping, whatever, something to get around. Maybe there isn't. (laughs) Autopilot, at least, there must be something. I've I've never played the game. Um, But yeah, lots of exploring, building, some action in there. Um, And apparently it's going to have an iPad version, which I don't really understand other than... Well, I guess the the new the the iPad Pros are now what their M1 chip, so that makes sense. Maybe that's where it's going. Yeah, the um, Airs too. The new Airs right, are up. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So they're that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Resident Evil. Uh, it's a horror a horror series. It started out in the '90s, I think, early '90s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, pretty classic Resident Evil One and Two. Resident Evil One sent in a mansion. Resident Evil Two is in Raccoon City. I don't know why it's called Raccoon City, but whatever. It's a city overtaken by <laughs> zombies, and you, you switch your play as two different characters. One's trapped in this police station with a hulking monster chasing you slowly. And Anyway, classic stuff. I never played them, but I watched my friends on consoles play them when I was a kid, and I liked the setting. I never really wanted to play, but I enjoyed watching. The story was decent, or at least I thought it was then. Maybe it's junk now. I don't know. Um <laughs> But it has a long history of characters, and there's this evil Umbrella Corporation who's, you know, a bio or pharmaceutical or bio company or whatever it's called, biomedical. And of course, you know, they always have evil designs with viruses, they're testing, and inevitably they release, you know, zombie outbreaks and super monsters, and it's up to various police or even everyday, like, whatever, your average Joe or Jane characters get caught up in this to, you know, <laughs> navigate... Like, it's not your standard, uh, it's not like a Left 4 Dead style game, a World War Z or something. Um, it's li- it's a focus on limited resources and tough enemies to take down. Like, you can't just burn ammo. You have limited inventory space, limited healing, limited ammunition. Mm. Like, it's a survival survival horror, essentially, in a, uh, more or less. Uh, I think, because there's a lot of games now, we're up to eight after all, maybe even at a few spinoffs. I think there's a total of like 10 or something Resident Evil games made. I did play Resident Evil 5. It's the only one I've played. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I think I said I never played a Resident Evil game, so I lied. I just remembered I played Resident Evil 5, which is set in Africa, if I recall. That one was more action-orientated. Most of the ga- Almost all of them were third-person up until, I think, Resident Evil 6 or 7 went first-person, and then they've maintained that. So they now basically switched to first-person. Um, so that changes it up. 
yeah. Anyway, by all accounts, they're good games, and, you know, but, you know, yeah, lots of scares, lots of gore, <laughs> some pretty pretty tweaky, twisted stuff going on. I've read, like, I already know the plot to Resident Evil 8, because I'm like, I'm never going to play this game, but I enjoy Resident <laughs> Evil in general, so I read it all on the wiki, and I've watched videos, and so, you know, this was well before I knew it was coming to Mac. Um, <laughs> what else? Obviously, they made, you know, they made, what, five or six movies? Um, as well, wasn't that Wes Anderson and Milo Jovovich or Jovovich, whatever you see your name is. Though, broadly speaking, the movies have very little to do with the game's lore, other than yeah. it's Resident Evil and there's zombies. After that, it gets pretty flimsy. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, if you enjoyed the movies, anyone listening, maybe check out the game. Yeah, uh, that's that. And well, Grid Legends, I mean, it's a racing game. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Grid. I don't really like the Grid series personally. I'm more of a fan of the Dirt series, the off-road, like, little kind of more informal, so to speak, racing. Um, I got into... I mean, I guess the last one I seriously played was Dirt 2, like, in 2011. <laughs> but I had a racing wheel I bought off eBay, and Farrell did have the drivers for it. I remember them emailing them to me and installing them, so I had the full, like, rumble support of the wheel and, the, and whatever, like, I think maybe some feedback in the pedals, and that was, like, really cool. That's the last time I seriously played a racing game, so no time recent. But I know there's lots of racing fans out there. I think Grid Le- what is Grid Legends like? What do you call it? Um, what's their selling point? Let's let's see. Wow, it's not showing up. Grid Legends. Grid Legends delivers thrilling wheel-to-wheel motorsport action. Create dream race events, hop into live races, experience a dramatic virtual production story, and embrace the sensation of spectacular racing. Yeah, that's the Steam pitch. <laughs> uh, just released February 24th, 2000, just this year, a few months ago. So pretty mm-hmm. new game. Mostly positive with recent reviews being mixed. Oh, no. They, <laughs> they, they, they did something wrong. Don't know what it is. Um, yeah, so I'm less into grid, but you know, it looks really good. And apparently it has spectacular destruction physics, which is always nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of a Destruction Derby guy. There is, unrelated to any of these companies or Apple, I do know there is a company supposed to be working on, like, a Destruction Racing game, a porting one. I'm not supposed to say what it is, so I won't, but it's still supposed to be coming unless it got canceled. I got this through Mr. Macray. I'll have to hit him up. He's got some contacts and ask him if it's still in development. I guess I'm more of a casual-to-arcade racer type. Like, sim racers don't excite me, I guess. I'd re- Like, if I'm playing something sim, I'd rather be, like, a military simulator style or maybe a space sim or something. Um, yeah, the racing sims don't excite me. <laughs> I put it on all the easy settings and whatever for driving and braking and drifting and yada, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. Those are the games. Sorry, I've been rambling about the games. Uh, Casper, any of these exciting you? I don't know. None of them really fall into the genre of games uh, I would typically be into. Like No Man's Sky is the closest, but I I have a fear with that one. That is one of those cases where it's a sandbox that's only full of sand. And I mean, I don't want to just look at a bunch of grains of sand. I like if if you give me a big open sandbox world, there's got to be something in it for me to find. I don't want to just find oh another blue planet. Oh another green planet like right um okay i think like there, there there's some games like minecraft where they like really lean into the procedural and like make your own things kind of stuff and that can be fun in certain settings but i think for the the main like for the most part I'm, I'm more into games that give me content than games that ask me to go find the fun like here's the fun we give it to you we made it for you <laughs> Um, but with the others like the way I react to horror games is that I freeze up and that means that I die and then I have to reload and then I freeze up again and then I die again (laughs) I'm not built for horror games I can do horror movies perfectly fine because if I freeze up the story just continues Mm. I can just keep watching but if I actually have to do something I just keep reloading checkpoints because I just I can't (laughs) Um, yeah yeah. I would yeah racing Racing games are the kinds where every couple of years I might be like go, oh, I want to play a racing game. But then, you know, I, I get my fill and then several years have to pass before I yeah. like, get the urge to do it again. 
That makes sense. Yeah, I agree on the horror games. I'm not big on them. I can't really think of one. I definitely played some action horror games, but that's different because usually, like, you're in control. You can you got a big you got a big ass gun to like blast the monsters with. That's survival nice. horror, yeah. <laughs> survival horror tends to be like you're the prey, not the hunter. You're being hunted, yeah. and you, yeah, you have to run away a lot. Um, yeah, you're being chased by some like enormous monster, or, or maybe just something you can't defeat. You have to run and hide or maybe wound it and then run away or something, scare it off. Yeah. Or maybe you have no weapon and you're just literally running for your life. Like, <gasps> that's what happens to me as well. <laughs> yeah. Probably the, like, quote-unquote scariest game that I've played is it's the old Doom 3, which is Fire yeah. Port. And that I'm was just... meant to be, yeah. Yeah. And I distinctly remember one part where my heart actually skipped a beat. Like, totally freaked me out with um i think it was climbing up a ladder i don't know if it was scripted or not maybe it was a scripted moment i only played the game once uh climbing up a ladder and then just a shadow of a demon like slowly crept up on the wall in front of me like suddenly <laughs> out of nowhere and i was just like ah, and it was all like <laughs> spiky and round and weird and you know all the audio was there like the growls and drips or whatever and i was just like Duh. my heart was like skip <laughs> just like freeze so yeah, I'm not I'm not really built for horror either. Yeah. Um I would prefer like yeah, action. That's why I played Resident Evil 5 because it wasn't survival horror. It was action horror, you know. Yeah. You had lots of guns and lots of ammo. <laughs> you still couldn't move around much. See, the thing about Resident Evil, at least from the third person ones, maybe they've changed this in the first person, was you can't move and shoot at the same time. That was the big I don't want to call it the gimmick, but the like uh, foundation of the combat you had to you could run or you could stop and shoot but you can't do both at the same time so it was a very deliberate process and this is what added to the tension you have a bunch of zombies or whatever shambling towards you and you have to like you're in an enclosed space so you have to like stop and aim carefully and shoot and then like run away and stop and shoot so um i don't know how much of that's translated over to the newer first person ones other than i know the resources are still limited in general i'm I'm pretty sure that's not a thing anymore. I, I've seen someone play it on Twitch, and you can move and shoot at the same okay, time. Okay, all right, sure. so, you can, so you can move and shoot, right. Because they've also been doing remakes of the re- old Resident Evil games. Well, and 2 and 3 are already done, I think. So they're updated with nice modern graphics and everything. And I did watch some of those on Twitch, and yeah, they look great. So I'm curious, for example, let's pretend RE8, pretend. Let's, th- let's say Resident Evil 8 does really well. Um, Will they, like, port some of the older? This is what I'm wondering, like... Without Apple's, you know, endless money bags involved, um, <laughs> what what happens? Do developers see this as an opportunity to actually put in the time and try and find a new audience? I don't expect everyone to do that. Let's just say a couple of companies. For me, I would really like to see Gearbox put out Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. I already have it on PC, but I honestly have only played it a few hours, so uh, it's annoying to reboot into boot camp. So. And of course, eventually, I'm not going to have an Intel machine with boot camp. <laughs> um, right. You know, or I don't know, will Rockstar jump in with like a Grand Theft Auto game or a Red Dead Redemption 2 or something? You know what I mean? Like, is it just, you know, I need to see more beyond what we're just getting. Um, and, and if that takes, you know, Apple throwing money at it for a year or two, that works for me. I mean, that's what Epic's been doing. They've yeah. literally been paying developers to boost their platform. It's cost them a lot of money, but it's also got them a lot of business and got their store jump started and their platform jump started. So they're willing to do it. Uh, Epic Games, Tim Sweeney. I prefer their version of exclusivity because it's not permanent. It's six to 12 months. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, like Borderlands 3 was a one year exclusive on the Epic Game Store. Fine by me. I pre bought it, downloaded it, played it day one, put like 100 hours into it. It was great. Um, and then later it came to Steam, and then a bunch more people played it, and yada, yada, yada. It was all good. Um, for some reason, there's no Mac binary on Steam. That doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. I don't know why devs make these choices or why there's a lot of Mac binaries missing on Epic, vice versa. But um, yeah. So the permanent exclusivity is odd to me, I guess. I understand. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. You, you also did make the point earlier that we don't really have the full picture yet. We don't know 
what the story is for Resident Evil with the exclusivity or No Man's Sky. We only True. have confirmation from Feral. That's and right. it is also still a very small sample size, even if all these three games are permanent exclusives. That's we don't true. know what the story is going to be, you know, looking forward to past right. that. For all time, there's no gaming anymore, <laughs> but on the App Store, yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. It's got to involve, I mean, traditionally, uh, I was going to say it's got to involve like Steam and others, um, you would think. Traditionally, Valve said they've always been, Valve meaning Gabe Newell in interviews, has always said before, they've been interested in gaming. They've approached Apple repeatedly and Apple's dropped the ball. So I'm curious, will someone from Valve, let's say, just say Gabe Newell because he's the only name I know at Valve. I kind of imagine like Valve to be this, it's like Gabe Newell and then it's just like a nebulous workforce of people. You never see any names. You can't ever like call them on a phone or talk to them on a chat. It's just this, like, I don't know, is this company run by ghosts or something? You never really know. Or, like, yeah, Spirits in the Machine or something is really powering Steam, making, uh, I don't know, new uh, Half-Life VR games. <laughs> They're making another one, uh, Half-Life Alex 2 or something. Um, anyway, that, that aside, it would be a big deal if someone like Steam got more involved. Um, maybe they would update or update their games to be on silicon that would be a nice start they're old games but they're still popular um some more support obviously we don't have the full picture so we can only speculate my main curiosity point is does the support come organically or does it need to be jump started a bunch more by apple they have the money obvious like they're still the richest company in the world last i checked unless someone took them over um so it's <laughs> like but i also understand that from a corporate perspective, from a business perspective, you have divisions, and um, that sector has to essentially or eventually become self-sufficient. It can't just be a black hole losing money, being, um, what's the word, subsidized by other branches of the company. Like, Apple will throw a bunch of money at it up front, of course, but then it needs to, like, get its own momentum going, or they may be less less invested. I guess well, you yeah, did go ahead. You did make the point a moment ago that at some point you won't have an Intel uh, Mac with bootcamp anymore. Which, you know, right now if you want to play game XYZ on a Mac, you have that option. But if we're going into a future where that's not an option, then there is potentially a risk from Apple that that could lose some customers that, you know, I don't think Apple's going to go full on and be like we are going to be a full gaming platform but if they foresee a market where at least having the opportunity for gamers to be sated with something being enough of a factor to where they could lose substantial max sales i'm, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case but if it is um mm -hmm. then that might be a reason for why they would want to invest more in the games where it actually doesn't necessarily matter if they can make a profit necessarily off of the games themselves, but just get mm. more people to buy Macs in general, or at least right. not lose the people who would want, you know, access to games. Right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, pretty much, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Ted. No, I was going to say, yeah, I, I have to agree with with Casper on that one, because, uh, you know, from my perspective, as a, a longtime gamer, I've always bought a somewhat high-powered Mac mainly because I wanted to play a new game that was coming out and I wanted the horsepower that came with it. And, and, you know, I've been doing that for a long time. Um, and you know, when they announced the M1 chips and there was no bootcamp availability, I started thinking in terms of, okay, what can I get away with? Because I want the Mac for security reasons for like my business and my personal stuff. But you know, what am I going to do to get the other stuff? And, you know, so now I'm thinking, well, I'll just get myself a Mac mini to do, you know, the stuff around the house and go out and get a higher end PC for playing games. And that's going to pull, you know, and I'm I, maybe I'm not only person in the world that does that, but I'm not, you know, I don't think so. And, you know, that's so they something they would might want to consider is that there's people who would consider just like buying a lot less of a Mac, you know, and, you know, if I used to buy, I'll buy a MacBook Pro and a high-end Mac, 
because I wanted to be able to take games when I went on vacation or went away somewhere, and I wanted to be able to play at home. You know, now it's like, oh, I'll just get a low-end uh, MacBook <laughs> or Air or something, which, you know, whatever, and uh, it'll be good enough. Or maybe even just take my iPad and, you know, and then, you know, it's, it's something to think about from them as a corporate uh, viewpoint, you know, from me as a, a user. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you will be able to play No Man's Sky on your iPad, so there is that <laughs> on the go. Um, yeah, what I think again, this is all anything I'm saying. I don't. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm trying to be like pragmatic. And I'm curious. I'm very positive mm-hmm. on this. I think the table has been set to be the most successful it's ever been in Apple's gaming history, at least that I can think of. Um, <clears throat> from the hardware to the it's mostly the it's not just the hardware it's a lot of the things casper was talking about at the start metal three i think this is really the key or not just metal three but making it easier for developers to get games on the mac it's usually from a business perspective if you you could just say hey there's a really like low time low cost investment way to get your game on another platform and potentially get more users most businesses maybe even all would be like great let's do that you know more product Mm -hmm. more sales great um, the Mac issue is, or has been previously up until maybe now, is that it's like you don't get that usually without, well, A, unless you're an indie, but let's say you're a big company, you need like a specialist to do it, like Feral or, well, Aspire's now out of the picture and uh, what's their name? Oh my God, Virtual Programming. They're also, they were always pretty ethereal, but now they're just pretty much ghosted. So, uh, or back when Cider was a thing, it was very expensive. You had to pay a lot of money to use Cider. And then if you wanted an update for your game, God forbid, if I recall reading, it was like 30 grand an update. It didn't matter how big or small it was. Here's a 1.01 patch that fixed a bug. Oh, that's like 30 grand. It's like this business model is insane. So that obviously wasn't very attractive to developers. It went on for a couple of years and then it petered off. And then NVIDIA bought Transgaming who did Cider and then it vanished. So, but Metal 3 and all the moves Apple are making is making it much easier to port games to the Mac. Uh, Metal 3 is, correct me if I'm wrong, Casper, it's allowing DirectX 12 um, compatibility, um, essentially? So, or what? I don't know enough about DirectX to comment on that. Um, I'm pretty sure it'll at least make a lot of the surface of DirectX available to, you know, make uh, Metal compatible with. Hmm. Um, but I don't know enough about DirectX 12 to where I can point like to every single line of the API documentation and say all of these sure, are possible. Right. Um, but the the big thing for broader compatibility is probably going to be um, geometry shaders, where you can do a lot of transformations of geometry um, without needing to write it out to GPU memory and then read it back into GPU memory for a second pass through the GPU. You can do it all in one pass and just have mm. the memory flow through the, the GPU stages. Um, and that's going to you know, it, it make everything more efficient when working with geometry. And it's something DirectX has, tra- has had that uh, Metal is now getting. That's going to be a very big deal for Excellent. making that nice. possible. And you had mentioned making it easier for Unity. Uh, we need to wrap up here in a minute. Uh, I guess the last question in my mind about all this, and it's not the most essential one, is uh, like, will Epic, who also makes Unreal Engine, uh, kind of get over their feud with Apple? Will Unreal Engine 5 actually get like some good Mac support? That's kind of been up in the air, it seems. Because um, yeah, yeah, I've been playing around with UE5 on the Mac, and there's a lot of features um, that exist on the PC version that are either broken or completely missing on the Mac. Like mm. some one of the big ones, the Lumen um, Global Illumination System, it's there, but it's broken. Oh, no. <laughs> and Nanite isn't there at all. Um, right. But that's actually one of the things that Metal 3 is going to allow potentially for Nanite to mm. possibly work. And there are um, lines in the documentation for UE5 that indicate that they're trying to fix Lumen, but it, it's currently broken. Uh, okay, okay. Because um, the reason I mention this for anyone who might be unaware of game engines is the vast, you know, there's basically Unreal Engine, Unity, and Custom. And 
there's a very large percentage, I don't know the number, but it's a large percentage of games that over time have run on various iterations of the Unreal Engine. One, two, three, four, now we're on to five. And Unreal Engine 5 is insanely good looking. Oh, yeah. And has all these super cool features, like Casper was just talking about global. The the lighting features, the shadowing, the texturing, like go watch some demos um, mm-hmm. or even some games in development with it. It's like mind blowing. It's it's like outrageous. So yeah, um, I'm really hoping <laughs> uh, Epic's and Apple's feud, which you've talked about on the podcast before. We have episodes on that. Don't interfere with this. That would be a shame. Yeah. But in any case, looking pretty good. There's a few concerns, but nothing crippling. Uh, it's it's looking up, and basically, um, I think we're all it's safe to say we're all hyped to see where Silicon continues to go and where Apple Gaming could go from here. Definitely, yeah. I got one one point I'd like. Uh, I, I was thought it might be important to add, just add to the end. Um, not specifically on the Apple development stuff, but I was I was perusing um, uh, Steam today. And I noticed they got the uh, their summer expo thing where they're promoting future games. There's 198 uh, Mac games available with demos. Oh wow! Mm. I was blown that? away by the fact that number. Um, there, there. A lot of them are, you know, most of them are look like they're indie ones or you know various levels of stuff but the fact that they all have demos was according to what it said it has they all have demos i didn't look at each and every one of them but i actually downloaded a couple demos so far and um you know i thought that was pretty good that's a lot that's a huge number i don't know how many altogether are available for window uh you know windows platform but that you know to me that's that looks nice Oh yeah, that definitely. is nice. I I didn't even think demos was even really done anymore. It seems like yeah, I know that's that's, that's the other thing that surprised me. It's like oh yeah, just <laughs> yeah. download the demo. Everyone just click on the demo button. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting, uh, at least based on the previous uh, gaming events uh, on Steam specifically, uh, the demos were limited time. In okay. most oh. cases, like for the duration of the event, or maybe shortly thereafter, and then even if it was installed, it would be like blanked out you couldn't open the game hmm. some demos maybe are just there permanently um but yeah. not this event i did download a few i didn't play anything the last one or two i downloaded like 30 things and like blitz tried them all in like a, over a weekend or something or most of them anyway mm-hmm. um so there's definitely a lot of demos uh, on some occasions it will when you hover over it it'll show the mac icon for support then when you click on the page it only has a pc demo so sometimes you're like ah, oh, like oh, you felt you're a little tricked there was um, a there was a button on their promo page where you could choose a platform, right? Um, and, right. Well, I think is I think why that happens is because the final product has planned Mac support, but the current right. like dev yeah. version is PC only, which isn't that uncommon, honestly. Yeah, no, that that's typical, right? They might not re- they might not be have released a, a demo for the Mac side. I see what you're saying. But anyhow, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool that there's that many that are, you know, up and coming. You know, whether or not I like them, it's just, you know, that probably somebody will. <laughs> no, there's, yeah. yeah, I didn't want to downplay it. There's definitely a bunch of Mac demos out there, so go check it out. Um, just, I'm just mentioning it in case someone comes across it and was like, hey, this says it is Mac support and there's no Mac demo. It's just yeah. a thing I seem to have noticed. Real um, good point, yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know, let's take a popular game like Door Kickers 2. Well... If you're into that genre of game, it is like top-down tactical military shooter tactical game. Um, it's been in early access for a while, and they're like, we'll add Mac and Linux support once it's out of early access. Until then, it's just Windows only. You know, and they've stated mm-hmm. it very clearly. Like, right. c- coming soon. It's coming out of early access soon, like in a few months or something. So I've had it on my wish list. Yeah, I could have played it on GeForce Now. I could have played it in Bootcamp. It's like, now, like, I'm going to wait till they release the Mac version, then I'll buy it. I like right. I like the first game a lot. That's so, great. Yeah. I don't know. Even Divinity Original Sin Two was like that. Um, yeah. You know, from uh, oh my god, Larian Studios, the Mac version took a long time to develop. Well, it was almost a year or something after the PC version. Then they released the Mac version. Sometimes things just take a while. Um, mm-hmm. Like we have Mac support uh, coming soon, sometime, <laughs> yeah. eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. All for the good, all looking good. Um, I, yeah, I am excited to see new more like hardware benchmarks. I mean, I don't plan on buying an M2 machine. Already have, I mean, a laptop. 
already have, you know, a MacBook Pro, a 16-inch. If they had a 16-inch M2 machine, I might consider it. Um, realistically, I'm going to wait till there's some sort of Uber Silicon iMac, or I guess maybe we, we had had that discussion. They killed the 27-inch iMac, so maybe I end up with a studio in the future. Yeah. <laughs> In a yeah. monitor. Honestly, I wanted a different monitor anyway. Um, totally unrelated to gaming, I'm planning on switching my career in tech from web development to um, security, like pen testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a buddy of mine who is a board gamer and sort of a video gamer um, got me into it. And he has a really nice big 38-inch curved monitor. He doesn't game on it. He works on it. Mm-hmm. Um cool. So I'd probably buy not maybe something I could both work and game on. Um, you know, he has this ridiculous resolution. Like you can't can't game on the thing. He said he's tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see myself grabbing a studio in the future, like a pumped up one. I guess your only options are kind of like two grand or four grand. It's a little annoying, but um, whatever. I'll wait till there's maybe an M2 version or something, and and then check it out. Because um, this 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 machine's good enough to run, you know, the the new games coming at a reasonable rate. Uh, I'm pretty sure. So, oh, yeah, it sure. is a pro machine. It's not a upgraded one, but it's still solid. So, works for me. Should be fine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to wrap it up, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll try to be back on the air sooner rather than later, not two months from now. Mm-hmm. Um. That's all the big news for now, but hopefully soon we'll get um, we'll have more benchmarks to talk about, or maybe we'll have a release date for some of these games, yada yada. Uh, maybe more news. Uh, maybe some more companies join in, either organically or through Apple sponsoring of new games, yada yada. Like come fall or winter, I would be surprised if there wasn't some more announcements. Like this big game is coming down the pipe, you know, or whatever like that. Um, to keep, you know, you got to keep the ball rolling. Uh, yeah. yeah, you would think. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you, gents, for coming. Uh, it's been fun talking and covering WWDC and the new games. And we'll see where that goes. And for now, take care, have fun, keep gaming, keep listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah. Take Cheerio. care. Woohoo.